Salutations, and welcome once again to Inspire Fireside. Won't you join us? Step into our foyer. Warm yourself by the crackle of our logs. Anyway, enough of that bullshit. My name is Max Meehan, <laughs> <laughs> and I am one half of Inspire Pro's ownership uh, for the uninitiated Inspire Pro now minted. Uh, Inspire AD is... In my opinion, the flagship wrestling promotion uh, in the capital city of uh, Texas, Austin. And uh, this is a program that mainly focuses on the names and faces that make Inspire Pro what it is. Inspire AD typically, uh, unto itself, goes through the linear history of our company that has existed for around eight years now. But I really wanted to start to talk to the people that, uh, that make me make me keep coming back and doing this thing, this crazy thing that I do, you know? We talk about how there's an element of family in this business that, that really provides for a, a warm atmosphere, and I think the guy sitting across from me, uh, T. Ray Watford, is one of those guys that I, I really do consider family, and I'm really excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I know I'm just here just so you can say I have my one black friend, oh. so you can... So. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> hey, thanks for making it awkward right off the bat, asshole. Um, yeah, let's get right to it. Let's yeah. rip the Band-Aid off. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Um, first impressions I had of you. Mm. I remember seeing you in 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 my fucking show space. And I, I, I was like, what is this? Did this guy just come from fucking church? Um, I saw this guy standing around with all these scrawny kids uh, wearing like a button-down shirt and a tie and, and dress shoes. And that's typically not something that you see a lot of people show up uh, in when they're ready to work. I had no clue who you were. I asked a few people. Uh, I think Mark... I asked Mark who you were. Mark loves to put himself over for putting you on a radar. Really? He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, that's yeah. T-Ray, yeah, yeah. yeah. Th thank you, Mark, for getting me booked that inspired man. Yeah. Thank you for looking out for me, man. Yeah, fuck I, that I guy. Anyway, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I'd heard at the mm. time, I think, when you, you were on my radar, uh, You, I think shortly after that, you had, you won the uh, AAPW uh, ch championship, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, you are uh, a graduate of uh, George De La yes. Isla. You have a shirt that says, I'm a, I'm a George De La Isla guy. Yes. Uh, you, yeah. We've talked about AAPW previously on the Inspire AD podcast. Um, but, but yeah, dude, you just, when I first saw you, you just kind of stood out because you had this very formal attire. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, I believe where that you should dress for the job you want, not the one that you um, have. Um, going up through um, wrestling school, um, the whole thing that is preached to us that you got to stand out, you got to stick out. Um, and I believe that whenever I'm meeting a promoter or owner for the first time, you got to give your good first impression. Uh, treat this like a job interview. Um, this isn't just a weekend hangout for me to go relax. Like I take this, um, I take the business seriously. And when I know... When it's just down to business, I want to be dressed and presented as that until we get into what we're doing for the shows and whatever. And what do you want from there? Yeah, I meet a lot of people, obviously, you know, when, when we're running shows. Mm. 
and there's there's always kind of this uh fake reverence where people mm. kind of bow and scrape and give you that dead fish mm. handshake <laughs> which i i absolutely despise but i always thought that the reverence that you you showed you showed us mm. really you, you also projected that image which mm. was very unique um um, but just how you, in general, conduct yourself uh, uh, as a as a professional wrestler is really unique to me. Um, I truly believe that you got to be an asset. Um, just show up. Um, if I showed up in a, a shirt and tie, and then two other workers showed up with their friends in their car, and they just got on their tank tops and sweats or shorts, looking and smelling and, homeless, and they come up to you, it's like, "Hey, brother, you got some space on the pre-show? Y'all doing a battle royal?" I was like, no, I don't. God damn, I hear that shit yeah. so frequently. I don't want to show up and do that. Like, when I show up, like, I kind of want to be presented like I'm a threat to your champion, like, right off the bat. Um, I want to be put in those um, those spots or those stories so that I can do what I believe that I'm best at. Right. What I also noticed, too, is that there are a lot of inflammatory personalities in professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people online, and they get into it with what you call old heads. Yep. Um, <laughs> and a lot of oh, people, yeah. man, a lot of people online lose mm-hmm. their cool. I think uh, Ricky Starks told you something about how you should conduct yourself online uh, yes. that you kind of reiterated to me recently. What was yeah. that? Um, this is a few weeks ago. Just I kind of had this uh, rule. After I graduated, when I was trying to figure out what to do as to get ahead, and then, like, we kind of, the inside joke at APW is, well, what would Ricky do? And so, <laughs> um, you kind of look at Ricky's, uh, his social media is just all promoting. It's all about him promoting himself, promoting the company that he's promoting. He rarely, rarely gets into it unless somebody's just being blatantly disrespectful about something going on. Um, you rarely see him going back and forth. Um, with people online, and that's how he carries himself. Me, I have a pettier side, though. So, <laughs> um, I have a really petty asshole side that just gets drawn out. And there's layers to the old heads. You know, there's the bitter old heads, and there's the OG old heads. Um, I tend to get into it with the bitter ones, but I listen and know my place and get help from the OG old heads. Um, the bitter ones tend to just focus solely online on just shitting on everybody and just making they're part of the factor of making a social media experience like like sad and like if you don't like it just don't watch it like everything else in life yeah hmm. uh, i think i think the what really prompted me to even want to have uh this discussion with you here today was watching you interact with rip rogers who <laughs> Is, he's a veteran. Yeah. He's accomplished mm-hmm. quite a bit. He is uh, he is largely, I think, a great personality from a certain era. And it's yeah. always very funny to me to watch guys like him extol the virtues of the business of yore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw him on your page, I believe, attacking people of a certain skill set, a certain level of athleticism. Yeah. And he's very much, it seems to me, from... The side of business that is about working smarter rather than harder. Yes. But there are different, you know, obviously yes. different different people have different appearances. The business has changed. I think you look at a- a- athletics in general and how it's evolved. It seems to me 
that there is a large interest in making sure that athletes stay healthy and nobody's mm. getting concussed and people aren't yep. dying of heart attacks. Yep. And you see that in professional wrestling now. You see people's body types changing and stuff like that. But meanwhile, you have guys like Rip who are kind of going off on how people look. And, and it's true. Wrestling is, is a image-driven business. Yes. But I think the one thing that I think he fails to kind of notate is that mm. the Yes Movement happened because there are mm. a lot of people that identify with Daniel Bryan who aren't going to be... Mm aren't going to be these yeah. body types. It's you know? super large guys, but Daniel Bryan knows how to conduct and carry himself in the ring. Everything he does makes sense and what he does in his matches, whether he wins or loses. Uh, with Rip and that whole um, issue of his going off on guys that don't have a certain, that don't have the look, the quote-unquote look. I don't believe there's a certain look that you have to achieve that caused a lot of issues during his time where guys were shooting up to the gills just to achieve a certain look. If you have a card full of guys that look like they just got fresh off a bodybuilding stage, um, you're alienating a large percentage of your audience from connecting to other people. Um, and that doesn't go across the board. Like, So what if you had a, a roster full of uh, female bodybuilders came up? So does it apply to them? No. Does it apply to the Samoans that come into the business? No, Simone wrestlers typically are some of the toughest that you'll see, but yeah. they're not. They're not exactly. Uh, they don't. They don't look like Paul Orndorff. You know, no, but um, you watch their matches. Some of the most intense matches that are drawn you in, and you just like I've wrestled uh, two Samoan guys. Some of my best matches I've had with them because they bring. They make you bring out that intensity with them. You got to match it. Yeah. Or um, you're just gonna get lost in the shuffle um, in the ring with them. Um, but and with, there, there are a lot of guys that also look look the part who. Mm. Who might not necessarily be the best technical workers. I mean, yeah. there's, there's also something to be said for the illusion of this. And I think I think you got you you caught some shit for um, knocking Ahmed Johnson. Yes. Um, so I got I got crap for that because um, he's friends with some of the people that um, when I spoke up about him, and it wasn't necessarily me saying that just because of his physique that he's a bad worker. No, I was saying because of the guys that he injured. I don't care who you are or how nice of a person you are. If you're injuring people and taking months and years off their career and affecting their livelihood, then you're just an unsafe worker. Like, there's no way around it. Yeah, I was surprised to see how many people kind of jumped in your face about mm. that. It's, it's it's just weird to me. But yeah. I, I will say that even even when you have people, you say that you state something. You'll state something that's not particularly. Uh, agreed upon with a lot yeah. of the so-called old heads mm. and they seem to come at you with a lot of vitriol yes and i've always kind of respected how you take a lot of shit people seem to comment and cr be very critical of the things mm. that you post when you're sharing things that you're proud of and yet you you always kind of maintain a level of decorum that i also really respect mm. that i think goes along with the suit and the tie you're still very vocal you still kind of stand up for yourself without being an asshole about it you know so you say you're petty but i, I you know and I, I definitely know you have a mean side to you but yes. uh for the most part though i think that if anybody if any promoter was looking at your social media and they saw the way that you were responding to people i think mm. i think it reflects well on you i mean i see people mm. that that get into pissing contests online yeah. and and oftentimes when i see that it's like well i don't care how you look or how you work or what matches you're going to send me you're an asshole over here mm. i never look at you and go oh this guy's a an asshole. I typically see mm. the people you're interacting with 
being kind of rude to you, but you always seem mm. to kind of maintain. So I gotta, I gotta doff my cap to you on that. Oh, I try to stay professional at all costs, even when people are attacking me. I rarely cuss anybody out or go off on them unless they personally go after my children yeah. or family. Like, say what you want about me. I, I can take whatever you can say. Um, it's the fact that if I'm going to post something and you completely miss the point and you read to react and not read to understand what I post then that's uh, your fault. That, that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And then sometimes I look down like, wow, they just completely missed the point or they're just not even trying to... I'm able to look at things outside the box or from both sides whenever there's a debate or argument going on because this weird this weird um, thing happened in our society where people lost the ability to, to effectively debate. Yeah. And... But I also think that, mm. that there's a, people kind of lose all sense of culpability when they're not mm. looking you in the eye, you know? Yes. I think mm. I think that's that's a really unfortunate side effect of the internet. Because <clears throat> it, it's, a, it's a really effective tool when it comes to promoting yourself. But I, I, I will say I wish a lot of uh, the younger people that kind of are around you or involved yeah. in the scene would kind of learn how to conduct themselves better. That's mm. one thing that I have to say as a promoter. I mean, I see a lot of people like, yeah. you know, I'm going to... Can I say a name? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Yeah. That's uh, what we're here for, man. Shoot from the hip. <laughs> smoke the Reaper. Oh, the Reaper. Yeah, ah. that's a guy. <laughs> that's a guy that complains a lot mm -hmm. and um, talks about how great he is. But I would never give that guy the time of day based on how much flat out belly aching and complaining he does. I don't know if he's working hmm. an angle or something, but um, your gimmick shouldn't be mm -hmm. that no one will book you and you're bitter about it. Yeah, um, I've talked to him like several times, like Smoke, like, man, why are you posting this stuff? And he's like, man, he keeps going off, like, man, these people, they all hate me, they all hate me. And I was like, well, Smoke, just, it's not, you gotta make yourself likable, yeah. just make yourself presentable to make people wanna work with you. I've talked to him over and over, um, about cleaning up his social media, um, either changing his gear or just changing his look, um, but present yourself in a way where you feel people wanna work with you. Um, that's the thing with wrestling. Um, you can't tell people how to book you. And if they're not going to book you the way you want to be booked, then go find somewhere else to work. Um, there's hundreds of companies to work at. But yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, if you burn bridges at all of them, then if the common denominator is you, then you need to fix it. Um, I was kind of in that issue when I first started. Um, yeah, I, I just, I think overall... Um, you do a really good job of pre presenting yourself as someone that's not only viable but pleasant to be around, even mm. when you're interacting with people who tend to be uh, inflammatory, who tend to be rude. Yes. And so I hope that a lot of guys out there who are younger kind of look at what you're doing right now. And Yeah, dude. Um, let's get a little bit back in. Let's go get into your yeah, background yeah. for a bit here. Yeah, yeah. You, so I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you your age was something that kind of surprised me. When mm -hmm. I saw you, I did not know how old you were. And then when I eventually learned how old you were, I was really surprised because I had already seen you work. <clears throat> I, I became familiar with, with your skill set. And I was, I was, quite frankly, blown away. You carry your age very well. You, mm -hmm. Do you mind me asking how old you are? 
Currently, I am now 38 years old. That's so. insane. That's <laughs> insane. So when did you start? And, um, on that note, uh, Biz gets pissed off, and I inform him, like, Biz, I'm older than you. And he's like, "Curry, brother. And I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but fuck him. So how, uh, yeah. how old were you when you started training? Uh, I started training at 34. Um, so you've been in this uh, business for four years. Yeah, four years. I started my fifth one um, this summer. Yeah, so, wow. So you, mm-hmm. does it feel a lot longer than that? Um, actually, no. It feels a lot shorter, actually. Um, that whole concept of time just flew by. Um, that really happened because there's different stages of where I'm at right now from my infant stage to right now. So what So what made you get into the business at 34? At 34, um, I didn't have the cliche, uh, this has been my dream um, to do for my whole life. Um, I was currently going through a divorce and had this whole sense of freedom of I can do whatever I want. And I wasn't tied to anybody um, asking permission what I can or can't do or will this affect the family? So you were just like Stella yeah. getting her group back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But your son, um, your son was one of the mm. one of the uh, con- connectors, right? He was a conduit, sort of. Yes. Led you to mm. led, led you to do this. Mm. I always thought this was an incredibly mm. sweet story. Please share that. <laughs> yeah, my oldest son Jay. He, we were watching Raw, and he said, "Dad, it'd be so super cool if you were a wrestler." And then I thought about it because um, at the time I was getting ready to try to go back to do um, MMA. But I couldn't do the weight cut at the time. The weight cut trying to drop to 185 was like really, really stressful. And so I believe that if I can't give an on-the-spot BS excuse to not do something, um, then I can. I should just go ahead and look forward into doing it. I googled some of the schools in the state. Of course, uh, Booker's showed up. Um, then APW showed up. It was a lot closer. Um, Houston was about three and a half hours away, and Austin was an hour message George De La Isla and he emailed me back invited me out to a show saw me in person and he his eyes just lit up I and can so, imagine <laughs> I mean some of the people yeah. that, some of the people that show up at those schools mm. just look like they just mm. got out of bed at a bus stop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. really really mm. achingly bad people that mm. you don't even want bagging your groceries yeah even, you know, I don't want you. T- I don't want you fucking handling my eggs and bread, yeah. let alone someone's neck. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> Even with that, I showed up in a shirt and tie as well. Yeah. I showed up at the school, um, introduced myself. He greeted me, and me and George, we kicked it off. Like we've been knowing each other our whole lives. Introduced me to everybody in the roster that was there at the time. <clears throat> and two weeks later, I started training when a new group of beginners started. Great. So. Yeah. Wow, um, man. That, and and you know, uh, I think I think you've done the legacy mm-hmm. of AAPW uh, yeah. remarkably well. Though, hey man, stop so. working those shows. <laughs> that's my that's my home. Um, I know, I know, I know. It's like ask, that's like asking me to stop just, working Inspire. Just, I mean, it's like you just yeah, but like you know. <laughs> You gotta stop beating up on little kids, brother. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't, dude, you know, so, come on, man. What, what next? You gonna go to the old folks' home, beat up on some olds? Come on. I mean, well, I, I have worked at uh, Full Throttle and SWE, so might as well. So, so, <laughs> so. Okay, the pandemic. Uh-huh. The pandemic has occurred, and much to my chagrin, it didn't seem to take long before a lot of people started working again what god damn it who who was it that was uh 
She was related to one of the Freebirds, wasn't she? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, Miranda Gordy. Miranda Gordy. Yeah. Interesting lady. Um, oh, I, I feel like her mindset seems to be in line with mm-hmm. the way a lot of other people in the business think. I, I, I don't think it's, it's any stretch to say that a lot of people in the business at, on a, at a certain level, mm-hmm. like the more traditional wrestling companies, tend to align with more uh, conservative values. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very obvious that people who are, con- are right-leaning yeah. have pretty much poo-pooed uh, the pandemic, uh, COVID-19, and, and basically written it off as something that they're not too concerned about. So you see a lot of companies that are running. Mm-hmm. I've seen some embarrassing footage of shows in Dallas where you see people not distance packed into buildings. No yeah, masks. no mask. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really terrifying, it's, which I think is... I don't... I can't really say that a lot of people that are putting fans and workers at risk give a shit about this business. I think they give a shit about themselves foremost. Uh, we haven't run a show outside of January this year. We've run one show exactly. And it's very hard for us. And I've seen you, though... Man, at times I love you, but I shake my head and I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I've seen you. I've seen you still kind of have a, a pretty stellar year. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've been very, very yeah. active, and so like, I've got to ask, um, what what justifies that? Why? Why? What is? What is your mindset? My mindset is that first the restrictions had to happen. We don't. Well, I personally don't um, high five the fans. We had to stop giving the fans high fives on the way out to the ring. Probably shouldn't have been doing that in the first place. But do you yeah. think that show um, should even be running? Do you think? Is, is, it, there, is there any show that you've been at mm. that you felt unsafe at this year? Yes, there was one that we there's went one? to. Yeah, there's one that, that, that I felt unsafe. Okay. Um, where like the audience just was not wearing masks. Um, it was the one that uh, Miranda was actually referring to at SWE. The crowd was packed in. Um, hardly, hardly anybody in the crowd was wearing masks. Um, at our merch table, we we're trying to like stay distance, and fans still want like get next to you to take pictures. Like, no, just take pictures across the table. You know, it's still a picture. Like, we don't have to get arm in arm. Yeah, forced perspective, so, man. Yeah. Come on. But my personal feeling, I knew that. Well, first it was a, a tad bit of arrogance. Um, being in the, the military, like they just shoot you up with all type of antibiotics and in, and injections for everything i'm like uh, if i haven't got sick by anything then i'm, I'm pretty much immortal so, so um, you're so. basically you, you've got the super soldier mentality they've uh um, just a tad bit oh but other than that you all mo- army motherfuckers are some of the stupidest people I've, i'm sorry that's how that's <laughs> no. why we get employed yeah yeah no. somebody yeah. has to do the job um yeah. other than that uh i just had the feeling that you look at the guidelines that are presented down to protect yourself from COVID, and then you see how that spreads across the board. And from the from the th- perspective of okay, we can't run a show, or we can't bring people into a building for a show, but people can still go grocery shopping. But we can't do this, or but this is okay. Like the bars, the bars are closed down, but the restaurants are open. Um. Is this kind of those things that you got to balance out? And I really felt I needed to take this time to take advantage of the the scene at the moment. The speaking out movement just happened. Really uh, thinned the herd, yeah. so to speak. You had a lot so, of people who just kind of 
evaporated mm-hmm. once the call out yeah. occurred. There and there are still, I think, people in this business who uh, are floating around who have yet to be addressed. Yes. So I think oh. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if there's going to be a second calling. But yeah, I, I guess so. You saw an opportunity to step mm. up because of that, and in spite of the fact that maybe I don't know the timing was. Well, that's what uh, I mean. that's what the whole ray of light gimmick came from. Yeah, I hate that dumb <laughs> shit. Man. You hate all of my my monikers. Yeah, I do. But you, but you cheer on the centerfold. You love Matt Palmer's though. You, so, you love C- the centerfold. Centerfold makes sense. Though. Like when you when you. I'm sorry, man, but when you, look at okay. So like one of your one of your uh, one of your monikers best, best kept secret. That's like saying like yeah, I'm the best kept secret. Nobody knows shit about me. Like why? Well, <laughs> that's not flattering mm. to you, okay? It's it's one thing yeah. if you show up and you say it once and you do something breakout, but when you walk around and you're wrestling at like eighty different companies, still going like, yeah, I'm secret. So everybody sleeps on me. That's like, like you know, you like smokes dad at that point. That was <laughs> <laughs> no, that wasn't the whole um, thing about the whole thing with the best kept secret in Texas was that I go to a show and guys like. Or fans were like, how come I never heard of you before? Jeez, you're so amazing. Like, where, where have you been? Like, how come I've never seen you? Like, well, that's kind of your fault. Um, so it stretched on as long as it did, especially after you really, really started detesting it. Um, I remember getting like monthly messages from you. Are you going to change this gimmick? <laughs> um, it's like, I can't, I can't really elevate you and inspire if you're still the best kept secret in Texas. Like, what? And I was like, I'm waiting for my gear to get here. It makes me look bad, though. You know? <laughs> like, like um, I'm this guy that nobody knows about in this country. <laughs> it doesn't 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 make me so, look good. Doesn't make you look good. But on that note, it worked to my advantage because I'm when I first when I first got to Inspire, my debut match there was my 30th match in my um in my career. The um it was a tag match, me, Rex Andrews, and Ashton. Versus, yeah. um, versus, um, was it Jordan Lennox, Shiggy, and uh, Kylie Ray? So, yeah, that was my first match, and it actually worked to my advantage because when I work a show like Inspire, where all these big names are at, that that get flown in, or guys that are like well established in Texas, I get to come in and say, well. I'm not a best kept secret in you, Texas because you feel, but you yeah. also feel like there's less pressure. Yeah, does yeah. it create create an, an, an air of not having to live up yeah. to something because it's bullshit? It's not. Ha- it's not fully bullshit. It's just I'm this new guy that you need to also pay attention to that you don't fully know yet. I'm not fully established. Fair enough. But Fair enough. It stretched out because I, I was waiting my gear to get made, so my yeah. my new gear had to get made. So that was an extra nine months on the gimmick. Yeah. So. Um, I'm, I'm about getting to uh, some some interesting territory here. Um, one of the things about Inspire, I think, that has made us stand out from a lot of promotions mm. in Texas is the fact that uh, we book talent of color, but we don't, I think, stifle stifle them we don't you know you see, a lot of times mm-hmm. when you see these promotions in texas if they have a bunch of black guys they, they're like hey black guy stable you know yeah you see you, and, but you also see that on on larger stages too like i i really think that's why i hated ring of honor mm-hmm. for so long uh 
They still kind of do. I mean, I feel like they uh, they get they, they'll have like several black guys, and they just don't know what to do with them, so yeah. they'll just kind of like lump yeah. them together. Is that They're stable now? Do you so. think? Do you think that that, that observation is accurate? Um, you being a black man, of course. Um, I know everybody's sitting here going, "He's black." No, it's <laughs> crazy concept. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Uh, well, no. hey, man, it's a podcast. People can't see you. Like, I'm making Black History right now. I'm the yeah. first black wrestler in this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kind of feel it's lazy writing. Um, lazy, but it's accurate, yeah. right? It it is accurate. Um, it's been the the stat quo. It makes sense if the guys grew up together, or like it makes it made sense for the new day. Um, for yeah. them to merge together, they're all best friends behind the scenes, but they were separate this whole time. And when they finally came together, it's like, oh, that makes sense. But when they formed a nation of domination, um, you had Ron Simmons and then D'Lo Brown, um, the Godfather was there as comma, like all these guys. Like, well, we're not doing much with them. Put them in a group and make them militants like the next week. And this whole time, it's like, wait. He he was just doing this. Now he hates all the white people in the world. Like, what's going on? Um, it's a weird concept to distance yourself from. I've had um, situations where it has happened to me for the wrong reasons and for the right reasons. And the wrong reasons was it happened to me when I first started at TCW. Um, Which TCW? Uh, total the the one that's that's um these yeah these okay the one that got the Thanos snap yeah that's not, not exist anymore um me and a guy named um Acrobus Omni were like just there on the roster and then the next show they're like are right, you guys are a tag team now and your name is Extreme Devastation yeah and I'm like I don't know this dude and I'm like who are you <laughs> he's like hey man I, I'm actually actually looking forward to this make this happen I'm like. I'm like I'm like six months in wrestling. I don't know, I don't know about this. But then, on the flip side, working at New Texas uh, Pro, I get grouped in the stable with the Dre team. Uh, me and the Dre team, we hang out. We're we're um. So there's we, a come there's yeah. a natural camaraderie. Yeah, we know each other. It's they, not necessarily based on color. It's based yeah. on the fact that you know each other. Yeah, we're actually friends. We know about each other. We can do things in the ring just off of a head nod, and we we are in sync like that. And when we got merged together down there, it worked, and we became a faction to deal with down for New Texas. And that's the flip side because it worked because we know each other. It wasn't just well, we got these black guys. Let's just hey, they're a team now. Like them. what? Um. So let's let's talk about um something. I I know that there's always kind of some trepidation mm-hmm. that you don't want to shoot yourself in the foot in terms of bookings but no let's do it okay let's, let's, let's cancel t-ray today man let's, yeah. let's get it. <laughs> what percentage of companies in texas would you say are booked by someone that is flagrantly kind of racist and doesn't really want to push people of color would it be knowingly or unknowingly how are you unknowingly racist well let's just look at the, the that thin line with microaggressions and racism. Okay. Um, because I can say that my trainer George DeLisla, uh, we when we started there, not basically booking off racism, but he he grew up in a time where stereotypes was making money. So oh yeah, we had a guy from Panama playing an Iraqi. 
Do you, yeah. do you know what his do you know what his initial gimmick for okay let's talk about Don Rodrigo Don mm. uh, Don, Don Rodrigo is doing uh, this this great uh, yeah this great series online these the, uh, the born haters yeah the born haters it's it's actually <laughs> yeah. really funny I was really surprised yeah. if you have, if guys out there yeah. if you're if, if you haven't seen the born haters stuff uh, look it up on it's on YouTube right yes YouTube and Facebook just yeah, and Facebook yeah so Don Rodrigo um. I remember when he came to me uh, when he was going to AAPW, and George Bate, and he's not, first of all, he's not Native American, but George, <laughs> George wanted to slap a headdress on him. Yeah. And uh, you could really see that it was kind of kind of stifling his enthusiasm yeah. for the business. And I said, I, when I came to him, I said, I wouldn't do that with you. And he said, well, what, what would you do with me? And I said, well, when I look at you, you're clearly not Native American. <laughs> um, yeah. I would probably make you kind of a Latin lover type, but make you yeah. like Prince. I'd make you, I'd fucking purple rain you out. Yeah. And he was like, oh, that's awesome. He's you naturally know? flamboyant. <clears throat> yeah, and you see, you still see that he's kind of taken that kernel mm. and done mm. something with it. So, yeah, I mean, but George, George is also a guy who, uh, he's a person of color as well, obviously. Mm. He's not, he's not really, it's not like the weird, like, white booked, paradigm that you see in most yeah. Texas companies, you know? I mean, you have you have guys out there in companies that are of color that are booking companies, but mm. I think that there are a lot of companies out there where um, I've seen them not push talent yeah. that's viable. Yeah. For example, um, like I, I don't, I don't, I look at a lot of companies, um, you told me a story about how you showed up at a company with some other guys that are very good workers, very mm-hmm. good hands. They were booked, brought onto the card, and you told me like, uh, who who was it that you were with that 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 you like? You were booked with. You don't even have to say the company. I just want to know like the name. Now let's do it. I don't care. Let's okay. go. Let's, All go. Right, let's uh, do it. So I came out um, to SWE. Um, I don't think this is for. It wasn't for racial reasons. It was just super miscommunication. Uh, me and Jerome Daniels were told to be down there. Steve Arino, Nastico, we're all told to be down there, and only one person knew we were supposed to be there. Um, I think they had too many, I guess, too many people in charge to to fully understand how to get the card distributed out. So I was told to be there. I was told I was doing the opening match, and then oh, Trini, 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 Trini. All right. Other than um, like just working for George, where he he books kind of based off of stereotypes, where he brought up Don Rodrigo, and um, how he could, he's he bought off that flamboyant uh, Latin lover type of gimmick naturally. Uh, George grew up in an era where stereotypes made money. Uh, he was literally Mister Mexico uh, too. And my thing when I first got there, I was warned by by Zach uh, Taylor I was down there and he's like hey don't let George book you into some drug dealer or pimp gimmick which, uh, just, I, which yeah. you saw a lot yes. uh, I saw that I remember like uh, mm. I remember seeing I mean that's in San yeah. Antonio like when I mm. went to San Antonio it seemed like every black black wrestler that I saw was a hood yeah. or a thug or literally mm. a pimp mm-hmm. and like I had like I have nothing to do with that I didn't grow up like that it's not who I am um but then in other places you'll see like Dallas Championship Wrestling. I think me 
and Nobi Bryant were like the only black wrestlers ever booked on their cards for the whole time they were, they were there. And that's kind of sad where you have like guys like Jason Taylor, you had Terrell Tempo. Um, guys who could clearly get yeah. over. Especially with the Dallas crowd and the other places I worked in Dallas where the people um, love seeing me. But it doesn't seem to me a lot of the times when I look at other companies and what they have going on, when you consider the talent pool and you look at some of the mm-hmm. amazing uh, wrestlers of color that have come out of this state over the last 10 mm-hmm. years, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me that they're like a lot of, yeah. uh, you look at, you look at the main storylines, you don't see a lot of black wrestlers getting the opportunities that other guys are getting. Do you think that's, do you think that's accurate? I believe we create opportunities, but then it gets kind of snuffed. There's times where I believe where where we could we're not I'm not saying that just make a uh you have a black wrestler, oh he has to be the champion. No, put him in a situation where he can be a draw for your company to bring in other fans. Yeah. Not necessarily he has to be the champion. He has to be, no, just do something with him besides using him as a fluffer for a guy that he could clearly on paper beat the crap out of yeah. that's um well going, i mean a lot yeah. of but also a lot of the times i think like um the way that we use talent it was, mm. it was i think colorblind like ricky ricky starks for example is he wasn't pushed because we had an agenda he mm. just was that yeah. damn good yeah, he's next to that good like, yeah. yeah uh same with keith lee mm-hmm. same with you know albert ch yeah. you know there are a lot of or Athena. Mm. <laughs> there are a lot of wrestlers that we we booked and pushed based on how they performed and how they connected with the crowd. Yeah. Terrell Tempo is another guy yeah. uh, that I think had has tremendous upside, mm. so much potential. I mean, phenomenal person uh, to to observe just in terms yeah. of how it connects with people. But then I I look at other companies and I it's it's just kind of it's just kind of strange. I feel like I don't see. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of these guys who I know are willing to travel and get out yeah. and do stuff, really getting the same opportunities. I feel like they're kind of kept uh, fairly relegated on the card. Um, that's kind of happened a little bit. Um, now, if I'm wrong, the people that are there, correct me. Uh, I saw a little a bit at MPX where they kind of cycle through their quote unquote flavor of the month. So there was a while that Temple was going up there, then he just stopped going, then nobody was going, then he stopped. And then Marcus Rose uh, became concept there, but then... Well, Marcus Rose ruins yeah. it for people. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, and, uh, Marcus. Yeah, we're just joking. Uh, Marcus did a lot of work over there just to get heat and get fans invested and bring more black wrestlers into the company. And him and Ace Hooligan were, when I first started, were like, really hot up there and then just did nothing with them and then it just passed on then Xavier Daniels was up there then just stopped going then when they brought me in um, I tried to navigate my way through there and had a good run uh, working with my friend uh, Brent McKenzie but then nothing happened after that we did this long two month feud where they brought me in with uh, Brent and Scott and then Scott ended on ended up being the uh, MPX champion and then I kind of like look back into the history of MPX and it's like you guys haven't had a single black or Latino champion this whole time. Like that's weird or not saying that they have to be, but the guys that have come through the company, you can do nothing with them. 
at all like nothing yeah but if i'm wrong um i will like apologize and retract my statement but if this is happening not saying that you did it because of racism it's just you unknowingly did it and just kept going with the stat quo of what you feel needs to be the the champion of your company yeah or the face of your company and then in the same area like right across the street from there you have soar and vip where they have a good mixture of appeasing all their um the fans are trying to bring in of all ethnicities mm-hmm. and so i don't know it just confuses me at times what's because so i i don't i'm i'm not in a position where i uh have ever spoken with lou Gotti, who's <laughs> the guy behind uh is it dfw yeah dfw and vip yeah vip what is the relationship with, with vip and uh dfw is dfw like a student yeah, DFW is the school under VIP. Okay. They're under the same umbrella, but what, what is what is a? Uh, I mean, Gotti to me seems very sensitive to how uh, wrestlers of color are treated. Um, he doesn't want us to be. I feel like he was a guy that was actually really creating opportunity for mm. people of, of color in his company. Like he, yeah. I, I feel like he kind of he kind of very clearly took took on that uh, took on that that challenge. Yeah, um... I thought was really really great like he was out there fighting the fight mm. yeah just like you um when keith lee came up there like how could you not like push keith lee but then if you saw how he was booked where you found him at um how he was being used down there and even up at mpx the guys he had to lose to at mpx like why um gotti's been very um uh, well coach lou i have to he's still a trainer i'm a still learning in the the business coach lou kind of created an area where our talents can be really really highlighted in a a playing field amongst our peers without even having to elaborate on our ethnicity just treated as wrestlers rather than black wrestlers it's like yes all right so if we come in and we're just put on these great shows they're getting great crowd reactions um i'm not just gonna come in and just well you're doing this new this but we're gonna push the the blonde guy over there because that's how it's been done for the, the longest time yeah just because just because um it that's not even something to even you think about while you're down there that you have to think think about well does this happen does this happen just because it is like no this guy's a draw he's the biggest draw he's getting the biggest reactions they should be pushed the most and yeah. that makes the wrestlers want to work harder to want to stand out yeah as far as getting looked at in the card and it makes we we compete against each other but under that notion to want to get looked at under that aspect just to get singled out and say well look at me i can be a draw with this um i can bring this crowd i can do this and i can do that all right let's put these two guys together this hot guy and this hot guy and boom like it's simple yeah um, yeah, absolutely. I, I I find that um my personal opinion regarding the business is that it is full of gatekeepers. And mm-hmm. I typically find that people who gatekeep and who make rules do so because they're typically protecting their spot, they're protecting mm-hmm. their business and they shut people out because they see them or perceive them to be a threat. Mm-hmm. You know? Um my relationship with Rudy Boy Gonzalez, for example, is it's you know, I consider him to be an ally, but um, 
I feel like a lot of the time his advice is not helpful. Um, to me, I think he he feels he wants to do what's best for the business, but his approach to it kind of rubs people off the wrong Caustic. way. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I feel like a lot of the time I see people throw advice at you and um it is it's misguided. Mm-hmm. I also feel like a lot of the time there are a lot of people out there though that are just flat out racist and misogynistic. There's this iron veil that's kept in front of the business that a lot of the old heads mm-hmm. uh, keep clenched in their fists in front of them because it it allows them to kind of maneuver and behave in ways that the modern world frowns upon. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, the call-out movement really kind of yanked the veil back. Um, mm. And so, I I don't know, I guess in my observations, I've, I've just, I see like this really incredible well of diverse talent, be they Latino, be they black, be they, mm. you know, whatever. Um, but you just don't see them getting the same opportunities in a lot of the real rednecky, salt of the earth type run shows that are very, I don't know, very, very molded after uh, the Fed. You yeah. Know? Um, what is your, what is, what is, you know, what, what is your take on that? I mean, are there places mm-hmm. that you would just not bother going near because you just know that you're not going to get a shake or what? Um, there's companies I have avoided, um, like up in Odessa. Um, some of the companies out in East Texas where I don't feel I'll be used fully to my capabilities, but we kind of have this, this bond or this unknown known amongst us of where, what companies we can go to, where we can excel at or where we should work hard to get to because of guys before us that paved the way to, um, be able to make that happen. Do do black wrestlers uh, network amongst each other and like does it make you mm. bond closer together? Yep. Yes. Well, um, we have to. Um, there's, I've gotten bigger paydays just because I've had to replace somebody that was injured and they were still looking for um, an athletic wrestler to come fill that slot and I had to come in for them and still was able to get their pay instead of what I was working at when I just first started. Yeah. So yes, it is very beneficial and then knowing like even working for you like it doesn't have to be bought up being a black restaurateur company just being a good worker and getting the crowd behind you or against you is highlighted so much that our skin isn't even bought up yeah. um, amongst us it's never really yeah. been an issue i think that's why i was so pissed mm. off when albert mm. took that liberty and that angle with dalton and they mm. made it a, a race thing. I hated that because mm. I wanted to just make it about um, the joke. I guess was lost on him because yeah. Dalton was not a large person. I mean, mm. in terms of just his size, he was more of a he was you know crew, like technically smaller guy. Mm. And him telling Albert to go back to the cruiserweights was supposed to be kind of a joke, you know. Mm. But um, I of course you know had to leave. <laughs> the show due to yeah. my personal problems that night and of course it turned into mm. black versus white which I hated and it's never happened since mm. if anybody did it in our company it would really piss me off because I don't think it I don't think it's healthy I mean obviously it'd be it, I'm, 
one of these days it might be cool to kind of like explore uh, the issues of race and racism through a story. Mm-hmm. But right now, I feel like it doesn't it doesn't benefit the cause or the business. I feel like there are so many regressive yeah. attitudes in professional wrestling as a business that I need to not go down that avenue at this point in time. You know, we kind of mm-hmm. touched upon it with the Matthew Palmer storyline with uh, him you know, being inflammatory yeah. toward people of color, but we didn't really get to act that out entirely, but we addressed some things mm-hmm. there. Didn't go the direction we wanted it to. Nevertheless, it was it was a good attempt. Mm. You know? Um Well, like where where do you see yourself going? Like in the future? What is your what is your goal? Like what is <laughs> you know <laughs> Where are you where are you trying to get to? Oh man, people are getting mad at me. Oh, really? <laughs> so I've I've already accomplished all my goals in wrestling. Really? <laughs> what were your goals? I did not um, shoot high. My goals was um, since my son idea was for me to get into wrestling. I was only going to do three matches at APW and quit. So I was going to do three um, matches do another month or so of training and then just get out and go back to um, playing video games on the couch. What happened, I ended up, I ended up getting this spark of creativity of what I can and can't do in the ring go through my head and I was missing out on that the entire time I was in the army. A lot of instances in the army were not allowed to be creative on how to do things better just because we're under the impression of it has to be done this way because that's the way it's always done. So I see myself right now starting back from scratch for the bigger companies to get uh, more national bookings now, like reaching out to MLW or Ring of Honor or AEW. I'm at that five-year mark where I need to take advantage of this window before I get to that seven to ten year mark where I'm bitter because I didn't make it mm-hmm. um, so cause right now I'm still hungry I'm still creative it's still fun to me and I want to take advantage of this as long as I can and especially while my creativity is still like just overflowing in my head of what I can and can't do in the ring yeah um, like case for example during the, uh, the last Inspire show where we did the the weird city screw job, uh, where Dan the Man was my the referee. I wanted to do something that match that was never done before. The match ended on a figure four reversal, and it was something I thought of. Was like, well, that that's the screwiest way to screw over somebody, because <laughs> <laughs> who has lost to the reversal to the figure four? Like, once you think about it, or yeah. has it ever been used in a finish? Um, that's something that was like in my head to do creatively, creatively, uh, just to get out and just do. It needs to like, end. Do we, do we need to explore that? Uh, do that in a series of reversals, like yeah. back and forth, and then just one of them, one of them. Yeah, no, too penetrating. Yeah, yeah no. You see the figure four, like ah, then roll over, then the, the pressure's reversed, and they roll back over, then they roll back over. Like nope, match ended on the first one. Yeah, and fans were heated. (laughs) (laughs) That was yeah, that was that was a great moment. Well, yeah, man, I think I think uh, I'm eager personally to really get back into business because Mm. you're a guy that I really want to focus on going forward. Um, One of my favorite people to work with, and 
Uh, I'm glad that you, you know, as much as I at times resent the fact that you're, you're, you're going out there and putting yourself at risk um, by exposing yourself to fans mm. and people who are clearly kind of, you know, mouth breathers like Miranda Gordon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, hey, know, hey, hey, uh, be careful, man. She's unlocking that short arm scissors. Yeah, it's deadly. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I, I try to stay safe. I do get tested every... Um, Monday or Tuesday after a show, so thankfully I have haven't been able to to deal with anything. But I really look forward to this as my time to be that go to person in wrestling to get things back in order, especially after the calling out movement yeah. that happened. So yeah. I wanted to be one of the people responsible for the clean slate and wrestling being shown in a better light. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that Texas, in a weird way, you know, it's it's viewed primarily as like this red state, you know. Um, but I think that this market, when you look at the fact that there are guys like Gotti and there are guys mm. like Dylan Dunbar and there are guys like Booker, there is a lot of opportunity for uh, wrestlers of color to yeah. kind of burst out, break out, and actually get opportunities mm. that they might not get in other states because mm. they, they're, you know, there, there are very few, I think, markets that really... Um, have you know flagpoles like that yeah. in them, you know, and that's what I really love. Um, Dunbar, um, he was really, really responsible uh, last year for me having a, a good breakout year because I was just able to go down there to his show. He had a weekly show going, so every week I'm able to get reps in on. Okay, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should try this. Okay, that didn't work. This didn't work. I was able to go to the drawing board and get better each each week and down there Dunbar has every wrestler from every walk of life going through there he has the the body guys he has the the characters um Latinos are coming uh Hispanic wrestlers are coming through uh the black wrestlers are down there the um, shorter guys are down there uh, like like Jojo uh, <laughs> one of my uh, favorite guys uh, work and Adam um like all those guys are like coming together in one umbrella. There's no set physique on what he's going to push at his show. As long as you can work and you get that crowd irate and off their feet and screaming and yelling like Dunbar will love you to the moon. And I feel that's how all companies should be ran. Like, especially when guys are like working their butts off just to make the business better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I think also, um, when you have a more more diverse model, it, it really mm. helps you tell stories. I mean, mm. I can't tell you how many fucking hay, hazy type shows I've been to where it's like everybody looks the fucking same, mm. you know. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think I, I I really can't wait for things to get back to normal. I also feel like the business right now we had all these weird uh, inlays and allies and people working together and I feel like everybody's kind of losing their mind and starting to kind of henpeck each other. It's really mm-hmm. strange. Um, for as little and uneventful as this year has been for many people in the business here, there certainly has been a lot of drama. Um, anyway, uh, so let's get in. Let's shift gears a bit. Mm. You are a guy that is constantly asking me questions and I've always been flattered and honored that that you seem to give a shit that uh, 
You, you seem to give a shit about how I, I do things. Um, I'm not sure why, but you do. You always ask me questions. So I was going to give you an opportunity to ask me some questions now. And please, no no, no punches uh, so, pulled. I want to... No punches pulled? All right. Let's talk some shit. So how come there hasn't been any black champions that inspire? Uh... This year. This year? Yeah. Because we, we, we haven't run. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. All the all the talent you had, Fly Def come in. You had Mysterious Q. Yeah. All, all these guys come in. Fuego was there. Amazing. Just, you just don't care, do you? No. no. <laughs> um, okay, I'll ask you. Hold on, let me bring out my notes. I bought my notes. But we have had an illustrious uh, collection of uh, champions of color, you know? I mean, when our, mm. I mean, you look Keith Lee, Albert, you know, lots, yeah. of, lots of people have held... Tempo held, and Sammy. Yeah, uh, Tempo, Sammy, yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, our, our twin dragon yeah. champs were two... Jay Sirius, that guy? Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, you know, Mel Cervantes, mm. Rosa, mm. and Rachel, Rachel Rose... You know, Mel's obviously of, of Hispanic descent. Mm-hmm. She held, she held, she's a twin dragon champion. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, we've we've never really, we never really had an agenda other than to just put belts on people that we thought were fascinating and and could put on quality matches. Okay, one thing I do commend you on that I don't think you did it intentionally. I've only seen your company and. Um, Bookers do this. Y'all was the first company I've seen that had a match where two black women were against each other. Yeah. I do want to... I want to know how can we make the business more marketable that more black women will want to get into it? Like, how do you think we could do that? Honestly, the one thing that we really need to do is to just continue to use the base of talent mm. uh, that that can cater to that demographic and mm-hmm. continue to push, you know, that, that image mm-hmm. of these people being successful in this role to, to an audience. I think mm-hmm. also the speaking out movement is so clutch, man. I mean, yeah. you, you also just have to continue to make sure that the environment that, that you run, um, doesn't alienate any women at all. Yeah, true. You know, it, it's, it's such a, it's such a. It's been such a skeezy business because so many people have held uh, held the, the curtains closed, so mm-hmm. nobody can look back behind the curtain and go, "Yo, there's some really fucked up stuff going on here." Granted, you know, there's a whole seedy, carny side to pro wrestling that you know stretches very far back, and a lot of it is very colorful. A lot of it is very entertaining. Yeah. Time and place, you know. Yep, I sure. I'm not of the opinion that just because bad things happened in the past that you throw everything out mm-hmm. you look at that and go yeah that's not appropriate today yeah you learn from it yeah. yeah you learn from it but right now I think the most important thing that we can do as a business is just to continue to cultivate an environment that um, coaches its audience not to be disgusting yeah. coaches the people backstage not to be opportunistic and creepy mm-hmm. these are things that we really need to focus on. And I think that you'll see... So, And another thing is just like, you know, opportunities for all people of color, I think, draws yeah. eyes to the company yeah. in general. You know, that's that's a good thing. You just have to continue to cater to good talent regardless mm. of uh, 
regardless of of skin color. Yeah, just acknowledge just, just acknowledge the work ethic. Yeah. Um, also, I want to know how when you first started Inspire, how did you? Here's a thing that kind of bothers me. That's a bit of a microaggression. Like, to say a company books a black wrestler. Yeah. And he does something off the wall out of character. And then they're like, well, I'm just not going to book any more black people. Like, <laughs> how... What, are you saying I did that? No, you didn't say you didn't do that. <laughs> you <seemed> clarified, man. <laughs> um, it's kind of... It's a, it's a compliment. It's a backhanded compliment that's given to me. It's like, man, you've changed my opinion on black wrestlers. Like, what? <laughs> um, Who said Have people said that to you? Um, it's happened up at MPX. It's happened... That's fucked up. Yeah. Okay. It's happened at Full Throttle uh, down in Louisiana. Wow. Um, you just kind of take it as tongue-in-cheek and like, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, That's not like, even appropriate to say tongue-in-cheek, yeah. though. Okay. Um, I'm not here to, like, change your perspective of black wrestlers. I just want to be appreciated for my... Like you're, well, like you're fucking uh, Atlas carrying the whole of blackness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. See, like, right now, I'm, I'm the... I don't want to burn bridges for other black, black wrestlers to come do a podcast with you. But. Yeah. <laughs> um, damn, I forgot the question I was going to ask you. I put a, I'm sleep deprived and I'm going blank. Um, I hey man, I would have uh, <laughs> lots more black people on the show. I just don't think black people like me. <laughs> <laughs> now we love you. Uh, yeah, whatever. You know, Albert, gonna... Albert would never sit across the table from me. Um, anyway, continue. Sorry. Oh. Oh, Albert's a good guy sometimes. But. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I like him. He's got, um, good, he's got a good heart. Would you... Do you feel that that stigma kind of needs to stop as far as... Obviously. Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. I mean, you know, look at Andy Dalton. Mm. I don't know. I think I think, I think you look at the call-out the call movements, there are a lot... Of dirty, shitty, creepy, dodgy white dudes. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I don't. I'm, it's not. It, it doesn't. It, it, it's not. The behavior is the issue. The yes. behavior needs to change. And I think yeah. honestly, that's that's something that's really unique about the Me Too movement. I think that it it's it's important, but I, I don't think that it needs to be like it doesn't need to exist to stigmatize any one yeah. model of person. I think that you really just need to kind of look at uh, the behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and I think anybody's capable of being a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I think that, um, man, and that's hard too. I just I just hope that people need to be more vocal and communicative. And that's another thing. I hate the whole hierarchy structure of pro wrestling. That's something mm-hmm. that really needs to go because so many people feel like, oh, I don't know if my voice can be heard or if I matter. If you're a human yeah. being, you matter. People shouldn't be be made to feel like because they're, you know, somewhere different on the car than another person that their opinion matters any less. Mm. It's all about everybody loving each other backstage and just creating this real family vibe. So yeah. I don't care. I don't care, you know, I don't care if it's somebody setting up the ring who had someone somebody say something indecent or inappropriate to them. It doesn't matter that they are quote unquote just setting up the ring they're a human yeah. being that's the thing man mm-hmm. one of the things that I've really encountered from a lot, a lot of the old heads um, I love that term <laughs> um, is that a lot of people 
will condescend to you and be really shitty mm. to you based on their list of mm. accomplishments, in my opinion, there's nothing that you can accomplish in business or life that makes it okay for you to be yeah. shitty to other people. That sure. needs to fucking go. Yeah. Just be kind. And that's it's like two words, man. Be kind. That's it. It's, it's not, not that hard. It's, it's free. Not, it's not hard at all. Yeah. It's not going to hurt you. No. Uh, if it's hard for you, then <laughs> that's your fucking problem. I mean, yeah. If someone's being an asshole, call them out. But most of the time, you see people just react the way they do because they feel like they've got mm. like... I don't know. It's weird. Like, I've ne- I've, the wrestling is really unique because I've never seen anybody who like is inert think that they deserve more because they sat around. It's like, okay, well, there's a fucking rock that's been sitting out in my front yard for probably the last 12 fucking years. Mm. It has no value just because it's sat there in one position doing nothing. There's so many people yeah. who consider themselves to be veterans who worked, but, like, you know, it's like, I, I appreciate the fact that you've sacrificed a lot, and, you know, just as a human being, you deserve respect, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tolerate your fucking foul mood or attitude just because you think that you are above me. Nobody should be held above anybody else in the business. And that's why I continue fighting a good fight for athletic wrestlers. Yeah, of course. I feel if you are bold enough to speak up against somebody, you should be able to take any backlash you get from somebody speaking against you and and what your beliefs are. I can listen to you and understand your opinions of something, but if you're just going to shit on what guys are doing just because you're bitter about it or you're insecure... Because you can't do it. Um, a lot of lame excuse makers out there, man. Yeah. It's like uh, all these people, you know, will say that they have the formula. They know what's up. But it's like, mm-hmm. well, then what happened? And then they'll make all these excuses. Yeah. So apparently the formula that, that you that you are imposing on everybody else just doesn't fucking work. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's fucking stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I kind of rub some people the wrong way. As far as my match psychology, there's a lot of times I'll do something in a match just off the simple, the simple notion of just because I can. Yeah. Who's, um, that, who's that Obadiah dickhead that I saw? Um, I'm going to fuck. I don't like that guy. I'm just going to say it. Obadiah. He's, he's always got something to say. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know who the fuck you are. And I wouldn't work with you. Like, just um, based on your fucking shitty attitude. I never met him in person. He's He's very pessimistic online. He speaks really really he's really against AEW and everything they're doing um he doesn't like the I guess the flippy shit wrestlers yeah that they've been labeled why as far he, why as why does he so does he hate gymnasts I I don't know he just doesn't think he's racist against gymnasts in uh, the business I don't that's, know. A, that's a thing too man stylistically it's like wrestling is supposed to be kind of this weird melting pot of fighting yeah. styles right that's kind of like that's what it is right I mean it's like as I asked some of the guys like what do you want to do you want to do like a a seven-minute headlock every single match. You want every guy to do a, a shoulder tackle and then a hip toss. Yeah. I'm like, no. If that's what's going to happen on the card, if that's all that's on the card and I'm on the card, um, I can guarantee you I'm doing a springboard something to the outside just to shake things up. Yeah. And I, then I don't understand exactly <laughs> what, you know. There seems there seems to be this weird too inbred spite toward fans. Mm-hmm. You know, you remember? Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw this, but there was a there was a great uh, uh, heel run that Mick Foley had in uh, ECW where mm. he wouldn't do jack shit. Nah. It, was, it was very much just him being like, "Well, fuck the fans. I'm yeah. not going to kill myself for these fucking." Yeah, they don't appreciate it. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah. and it, it's almost like watching him 
do that angle, but he's really serious and there's no irony. Yeah, but that's another thing about the whole the look and the it guy. Why was uh, Mick Foley able to to succeed? Yeah, because of his work ethic, his drive, his selling, what he was able to do, his sense of humor. Yeah, his promos and he says he's not athletic, but he's he has this way of um, carrying a match that you would not that would make you believe otherwise. Just, yeah. yeah, just because you're not doing like backflips and cartwheels does not mean you're not athletic. Well, it's like you were saying yeah. that, that you got kind of turned out by guys that were shaped like jelly beans when you mm-hmm. were grappling in, yeah. in the service, right? Like, mm-hmm. what, like, talk about that a bit. That's interesting. I mean, I think, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. Like, I see a lot of, like, like fluff muscle type guys that mm-hmm. I, I would, you know, I can take a walk down the road. And they can't keep up with me. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, though, it's like, in my experience, I've run across a lot of different people of all shapes and sizes mm-hmm. as a door guy working security. I've had lots of tumbles. You know, I've been punched in the mouth quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, I, I know one thing. Like, there are a lot of guys who look phenomenal, like, you know, Chippendale style. But uh, the one guy, one of the guys that I would never tangle with is... Find me a Mexican guy that works for a moving company. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. near that guy. He's got a very practical build and yeah. lift shit all day, you know? He would throw you around just with one hand. Yeah. Um, I've I've learned uh, while working, some of the, the muscular guys I've been in the ring with, they get tired three, five minutes in a match, but then on the same token, me and Brent McKenzie, we can do a 20, 25-minute match like it's nothing. And Brent, end, at a, end at a good pace. Yeah, and Brent, he can move like there's times like you have to keep up with him yeah um that guy moves mm. and he's got and he's fucking yeah. and i'm when i say rick i'm gonna say this he's rickety mm. not to say that like he's like rickety like he's just had a lot of injuries you know yeah like he's a guy that you know when it gets cold he probably hurts yeah <laughs> <You know>? yeah <laughs> but that but that dude fucking moves mm. man like he moves in spite of it it's crazy mm. but then i've seen guys get like who look who look beautiful and sculpted that just fucking gassed out after yeah after fucking two, three minutes. And like, you can see it in the matches when the punches get sloppy, the scent, the Irish whips, they start getting sloppy, the clothesline's looking bad, like, yep, yeah, he's tired. Yeah. Um, but guys like Brent, I can go all day, and, and then the, what Rip had initially pissed me off, the skinny fat guys, I'm like, okay, I will take wrestling, um, a guy like Krusty, um, smaller guy. He's not muscular. He has um, a little fat tone. He's smaller, but he's got a build. Yeah, he has a build like under it, and he can work his ass off. He will get the crowd behind him. Yeah, he will. You're wrestling with him. He'll make you look like a million bucks. Um, he brings passion and energy that. Um, I mean, according to yeah. Rip, I guess there's no such thing as an underdog pop, right? I yeah. Mean, that's, to me, that's that's absurd. I don't mm-hmm. mean to keep bagging on him, but I feel like. <laughs> I mean, I see a lot of dumbass old people, like, fucking commenting on your stuff or shooting their mouths off. And people who just, like, people who I'm just, like, I don't understand why people have to be rude to one another. If you have a different Mm. opinion, just discuss it. Because dialogue is great. I love talking about wrestling. You know? Just just crapping, um, like, um, Rudy and this, um, girl named Duckman, DaVita, uh, they comment on my stuff whenever I post, like, if I do a, um, split leg moonsault. Or my springboard cutter. And I saw that. He was yeah. like, why? Why did you do this? And then all that Obadiah schmuck yeah. shows up and, uh, just like kind of crapped on it. And I'm mm. like, why are you? I mean, I, that's the thing is like your, your, your diplomacy there is, uh, 
high-ranking man because mm-hmm. I would have blocked that that schmuck, that fucking schlub, ages ago. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't see. I don't. I just don't see like why the dialogue has to be so. Why is he naking out? You know. Yeah, but if I go on his page, like there's no highlights of him. Yeah. You won't see no highlights on his page of nothing that he does and. Not saying that I'll go there and like crap on his stuff. I, I know about him because I know yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not, not because someone said, "Wow, look at this guy." That tells me that I don't. You ask me why I don't delete it. That lets me know I'm doing good. The hate, the haters. Yeah, just the if the insecure people are popping up whenever I post something that they can't do and talk down on it, then I know I'm doing something right. Because if I wasn't doing something right, nobody would be saying nothing at all. Yeah. So. You have any other questions for me? Let's see for you. Um, who's on your Who's on your radar up and coming as far as minority wrestlers or female? Female? Oh man, too many to name at this point. Um, there was a guy that you mentioned recently. You sent me photos of him. Mm. What was his name? I don't even think you gave me his name. Hold on, it's Antoine. Yeah, you sent me photos of a guy by the name of uh, Antoine Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I may be pronouncing his name incorrectly. Mm. It's I, I believe it's Antoine. Um, but that guy's mm. look is phenomenal. Uh, and you said some really interesting things about that guy. That's a guy that uh, that's on my radar right now. Yeah, he showed up at a uh, heavy metal during the uh, we're doing the Texas Grand Prix yeah. right now, and he showed up and. That's still happening. Yeah, it's still happening. We're still going on. Uh, heavy metal's taking a their side is taking a, a break right now, mm-hmm. till the COVID thing gets a little clearer. Uh, New Texas is still doing their half of it. Okay. Um, but Antoine, he showed up like out of the blue, and I was like, "Who's this guy?" He's like, "Wow, he's moving." Oh man, where'd he come from? And found out he trained up in uh, New York and New England, and just came down here, moved to San Antonio, and he's training with the um, same, same school that Leo Rush mm-hmm. is from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now he's down here training with uh, Rodney and doing things down with the dog pound. Yeah. So yeah, but he he was one of those guys like. That's a, that's another guy that's yeah. really I think opening up uh, like mm-hmm. he's another flagpole like Rodney Mack mm-hmm. and of course Jazz uh, doing stuff. I mean, there are some really good trainers right now. But anyway, yeah. yeah, that guy's on my on my radar. There, I mean, there was a point where there weren't very many female wrestlers that that I would that that, that I knew that I could rely on. I mean. Mm. You see, Mission Pro is doing something that is telling very simple uh, storylines with primarily a female roster, I yeah. believe. And all female. All. Yeah, and it's it's phenomenal. Uh, they're doing good storytelling with good wrestling, mm-hmm. pairing up with, with which which is oftentimes what what I say we needed. Like that's why I was so pissed off when Stroud was just doing all that stupid, goofy comedy based shit. And it's like you're supposed to love women's wrestling, yeah. and the only reason that you can, the only way that you can make women's wrestling not a special attraction is to just let those girls go out there and kill it. And now we definitely have uh, uh, women out there that are really killing it. I really want to work with Burt Vixen. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard that's I, my sis. I think she's yeah. dude. She's got. I think. Mm-hmm. I think though her unconventional background, just as a cosplayer, uh, just as someone who's been in entertainment, um, she can emote. And really get things yeah. across that a lot of people can't necessarily. And of course, she just has a great look. Yeah, and of course, um, and she listens and she's coachable. Yeah, 
and she wants to she's hungry to get better every match she's a lot of her yeah. behavior honestly when she would sit at the ring kind of reminded me of you because yeah. you would always like check in ask if everything was cool you know showed up was presentable you know mm-hmm. and was just very much on yeah. on point and no cloud of drama around her no so. no <laughs> crazy concept huh yeah uh, another thing i want to ask you since we brought up the uh all women's roster at a uh, mission pro all right, around Texas, you'll see cards and flyers where every match will be either all an all-white roster of wrestlers wrestling. Yeah. Or you'll see all Hispanic with the, the Lucha Libre shows. Yeah, which makes and, a little more yeah. sense, I guess, because that's a style. Yeah. I mean, you know. It, and but, but, but you know that, too, though, is when you see, like, um, Lucha Libre cards, you still see... Mm-hmm. wrestlers of color if they work that style yeah and you'll see white people you'll see black people who if they mm-hmm. wrestle that style you'll still see them on the even if it's a predominantly yeah. like latin card if they can work that style yeah but like like what is, what is the what is the goofy white guy style you know mm-hmm. it's like, you know, whatever um but then <laughs> even with a mish well, well i was going with this you see those cards and even mish with all women's why do you feel it's an issue whenever there's an all-black wrestling card i don't know i really don't i think it's just inherent inherent racism yeah or, or why is it problematic if um i actually yeah. i actually wanted to book an all-black company at one point um this is funny i've never actually talked about this mm. uh there was a point where i was working with a promoter uh who shall not be named and i wanted to book the company and they were really concerned at the time about how the fact that they didn't they didn't feel like black people were being pushed into actual angles. Like if there was a, a worker of color and they were brought into a company and a lot of the Texas promotions that are like further maybe east or whatever, they felt that they were just kind of being brought in as a scrub or to fill a spot or whatever, but they weren't pushed into angles. They weren't getting the good storylines and they weren't getting opportunities uh, at building toward a run with a belt, mm-hmm. you know? And so we were working we were working toward creating something that would have been predominantly uh, for wrestlers of color, uh, primarily black wrestlers, because yeah. that's really what they wanted to do. But um, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know why why that would bother anybody. Uh, I would say that if it bothers you, then you've got some some really heavy social issues that you need to deal yeah. with. And I feel that you don't even have to promote the card as this is the all black card. Just do like any other wrestling flyer. Yeah. Just have the all black wrestlers on it and just promote the show. Give it a, a catchy name for the show and um, do it. That's something I've always, I've always wanted to see in Texas. Um, Why don't you do it? I mean, I could do it. Do it. I can. I think I pull enough favors. Do it. Like, hey, brother, brother. I'll help. So, <laughs> um, I really would like to see that be done and not just... Say well, they're black and they're they're they. That's why they did. Cause they had a chance. Like no, like you see all white cards or the all Hispanic cards, all the women's cards. Nobody raises an eyebrow and is they're loved and celebrated as a any other weekend in wrestling. Yeah. So why is it problematic? <laughs> I don't know. I've never. Well, first of all, I've never seen it happen. So. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I think this is let's let's do this. You know, I get get Dunbar on the phone. He'll make it. <laughs> oh man! Oh, who are you sitting across the table from, asshole? Come on, I want to do this. I, w- I want in. You want I in? Want in. Let's, um, let's do it. I think this will be the only way to get tempo back in Texas. 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Since he just left us and broke our hearts. Yeah. Well, let's let's um, talk about this later. Anyway. Okay. Um, is there anything else left on the table that you're uh, you're curious about in terms of uh, in terms of my bullshit? With um with you? Uh, you can ask me anything. Make it count. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. On that. Also on that token. Any other Hispanic wrestlers? Um. On your radar to bring in. To bring in. I don't really have anybody. Oh, uh, man, ASF. Yeah, like, ASF. I really want to work with ASF. I mm-hmm. want to do more with uh, Prince Adam. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, he's already in Inspire, but ASF is a guy uh, that I really want to work with. I, I, I mm-hmm. honestly, I want to work with Jasmine. Oh, um, Jeff. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, there are a lot of people coming up right now. I mean, of course, and I really want to do a lot of stuff with uh, with Great Scott. I yeah. think. I think Scotty is a tremendous talent, and we didn't really get to do as much as we could have done with him. We had a lot of ideas. I had a lot of ideas, but I think it was just a matter of things politically having just not working out between us. And also, he mm. started working in Mexico a lot, so his availability kind of uh, shrank. Yeah. Um, but I think right now, he's a guy that I see as having a lot of upside, man. That guy, that guy's great. And he can get get the crowd going mm. just as a he's a he's a funny funny guy yeah yeah he's uh, he's he's on the spot with his humor he can uh ad-lib with you when yeah. his promos are always on point yeah. with his what he's doing all right um during the palmer's deal y'all um start throwing names back and forth let's do some uh, <laughs> some name association oh boy okay all right all right you ready go sure. to the ringer <laughs> sure sure I mean, let's let's right. let's piss some people out. Let's let's uh, let's see who's listening. Okay. This is the only way you know who's listening because then people go, "What the fuck were you talking? Were you saying? What are you saying about me?" Oh. All right, let's get the Big Daddy Yum Yum. Oh man, any kind of persona non grata. <laughs> it's kind of done, right? Yeah. 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 I. I, I mean, you know, I th- I thought he, you know, I don't know. No, I, I was kind of like I I never never really had an opinion on him here or there. I thought he was a big guy, had had a good look, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuck up on his own deal. He was always easy to work around, you know, with main event being the yeah. thing. But that's no longer an issue right now. <laughs> and... All right, next, how about? Oh yeah, Kiefer Bartek, the I, sheriff. I love Kiefer. <laughs> Uh, Kiefer is a legitimately tough guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the one of the rare ones that you find in this business. And you have a lot of people who are in this business that's built around synthetic violence. Um, Kiefer is a legitimately tough person. He's really intelligent. I love his personality. I love his demeanor and his temperament. Mm-hmm. He's a great dude, and I think like he's. I, I, I think I feel a really strong kinship to what he's doing. Yeah. Like I feel. I relate. I relate to to his product. Yeah, I, I can't say that with a lot of other shit going on. Probably if I had to say that if there was a company that I could like pair with or that I felt a kinship with, like I love, I love, I love a lot of different companies. But mm. I feel like what Kiefer does is at the top of my list. Yeah, yeah. Oh, love that dude. Um, I got to bruise his uh, bicep because he hit me. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
All right, the Detroit import Joe Demaru. I think Joe. I I don't think I've seen everything that Joe can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate a lot of his ideas creatively in terms of his character, but I think that he's he's I think he's a really good wrestler. Um, and I think I think he'll I think he's I think he's got a lot of potential, and he's a nice guy, hell of a guy. What about you? Joe is a hoe. He'll be a hoe for life. <laughs> no, that's my that's my. Um, I knew the first time when Joe came in, his first week he came to um, the APW. We kind of like take little inside bets on who's gonna last past a month. Mm-hmm. And when Joe showed up, the first time we talked to him, how he was focused and watching. Um, everybody's like, yeah, this guy's gonna, he's in it for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a guy that doesn't have to be doing what he's doing and he has a yeah. lot of outside interests and he's a, he's a successful human being um, so I I'm always happy to see that he's not just going fuck it I'm gonna go do this other thing that I'm you know that I can that I'm working on you know doesn't he have like a really good job yeah. too yeah, yeah. so many people <laughs> so many people have like given me the finger because like you know like like fucking Jeff Gant like blew off shit so he could go work mm. at a pharmacy uh, that's like where our initial riff came from and then I mean they're like a lot of those guys from from you know Brownsville were like oh yeah we're working for FedEx now we can't we can't work your show and I'm like <laughs> okay you gotta get a job to cater to what you're trying to do yeah alright what about uh, Alex Gracia the pink dream oh man I really want to work with her awesome mm-hmm. yeah I don't know much um, about her personally but the image is amazing, yeah. um, and the work I've seen is great. Uh, love her attitude. That's all I can really say. She's someone I would really, really want to work with. Yeah, she has insane work ethic. Yeah, and I, I can tell. It's crazy. Like the first time you like talk to her, you, when you talk to her and like listen to what she's doing and what she's done, you're like, "What am I doing wrong? Why am I not working this hard?" Yeah, and like she makes it look like it's second nature. Um, oh, here's a good one. Um, you guys might cross she paths. You know what? Alex Grassi won't even fucking accept my friend request. Oh, um. <laughs> Cause you look like a creeper, man. Gosh. Do I really? No, you don't. No. You're you're a lovely man. Thank you. I would take you on a date, but no. I'm broke. Yeah. So. Cool. <laughs> so am I. All right. Here's somebody that should be crossing your paths um, next year. Nastico. Nastico. He's an interesting dude, man. I think he works hard. Um, I don't know why people pick on him like they do. I don't know why. He's, uh, uh, workers I mean, or like... I don't know. You know, the, the, the tr- managers are, by the way, managers are very tricky. Because you need to put the... You, you know, managers are something that augments somebody. And a lot of the guys mm-hmm. that Nastico wants to work with don't need managers. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, I think he's great at getting, getting heat. I don't necessarily know how people here would respond to him, even though he's worked in sabotage. Our audiences are very different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, I think he's somebody that I would want an opportunity to do something with, but it has to be right creatively. Yeah. I just don't think I've found that thing yet. Um, my run-ins with him, he's um, he's really behind the scenes. The a guy that you want like shows up in a suit and he's there. Helping with production, helping with promotion at every yeah. show that he's at, and not just like sharing stuff. Like he's out, like handing out flyers on cars and yeah. stuff. 
Um, uh, I got a question for yeah. you. This might be sensitive. So I heard uh, Stu uh, mm. yelled at him at an oh yeah at an AAPW show. Uh, gave him shit for wearing a mask, which I thought yeah. was fucking absurd um, because that's so, tradition. Yes, you know, um, that's not that's not somebody working yeah. here. It's just like oh. you, know, you respected the tradition of mm. of what he was doing. Um, did that ever get resolved or brought back up? We haven't seen Stu since. I don't know. They the last two shows they were saying he was uh, doing announcing for football or something. Okay. Um, but he hasn't been brought back up since the crazy thing with that incident. Um, Nas- for those that don't know, Nasico is in like I don't know if you consider it in character. He's in Nasico mode like all day. His mask yeah. is on. He comes to the show, sets up, cleans up after the show, gets his payday. He's still wearing his mask when he gets in his car. He's in his mask when he's at the gas station. He's in his mask. I don't think he takes it off until he gets home. That's something I really respect. Yeah, That's dedication. He, yeah, he's that. Like, I kind of think of him as Dan the Man. Like, I don't know if I've ever met the real Dan the Man. Yeah. Um, even riding in the car, like, Dan is in character. And I don't know if it's, if he's working me still or if he's like, that's just him 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, but Nasco wears his mask all the time. And when he got to the show, um, like he normally does, he does the same thing at every company and every show. He has his mask on. He's shaking hands with the boys. Um and Stu took issue with him saying that he's working him or working the owners. I'm like, well, okay, if Rey Mysterio came in with his mask on, are you going to freaking spit in his face? If uh, Blue Demon came through the door with his mask on, are you going to disrespect him and yell at him saying that he's working you? And that's tradition. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's such a, it was such a weird thing to hear about. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I actually need to talk to Nasco about that just because I'm curious. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm very, very upset just because, you know, we work with Stu and Nasco's around sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, there's something I, I think I think I want to do something with him uh, once we get back up off the ground. But it has to be something really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and not just something that he does anywhere else. And mm-hmm. so it's very important that whatever people do in our company is uniquely tied to what we do. So that it, you know, I don't want to be able, I don't want people to go and be able to see that somebody doing the same fucking thing somewhere else. Just yeah. doesn't make any sense. Um, that's he is doing different things at um different places. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I want to, yeah. but I want to do something uniquely. Yeah. Us. You know? I'm going to toot my own horn. I think (laughs) creatively, I think we make a lot of people work it in ways that, you know, they don't work everywhere, anywhere else, you know? All right. Let me, uh, stroke my own ego here. Um, T Ray. T Ray, hard worker, phenomenally athletic, lots of upside, lots of charisma. See, uh, I see you being a big staple of a lot of the the stories and developments that occur uh, when we return. So, I'm bummed out that things happened the way they, they mm-hmm. did this year because you know, I mean I think I think a lot of the things we did with you creatively like your your turn was really I'm proud of the work the way it did um, the moment that we were we, mm-hmm. we we created with you and Will all day debuted in the battle royal between you and he was phenomenal and that's definitely something I really want to revisit in the future but you guys had a great great chemistry I think you have a great mm-hmm. chemistry with a lot of people um, I'm glad you exist I think. I think you're a really great hybrid wrestler. You're a guy that does really athletic, great stuff. You understand how to make a crowd pop. Um, so many guys like that, that fucking Obadiah airhead are sitting there 
saying, why do you do this? Why do you do that? It's like, well, you do it because it makes people excited and happy. Yeah. You know? It's like, you know, it, it, you sometimes, sometimes the guy that thinks he knows better than everybody else, including the fans, is the most boring guy to watch. I guarantee you money yeah. if I watched one of his fucking matches, I'd probably be, probably be in the bathroom at some point, you know? Bored. Piss break shit, you know. So anyway. that, so it's crazy. He's saying somebody can get over in a battle royal on an indie show. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I have. Hey. I, you know, our battle royals, our yeah. battle royals have always yeah. critically been really like uh, love. Like mm. Joe and Voices of Wrestling always put them over. I remember like when I had there were several NWA promoters who saw our, our battle royals uh, over the years. I had one guy from uh, NWA promoter from Louisiana say mm. that is the best battle royal I've ever yep. seen, even better than like the shit that you know you see on the Fed like on pay per views. He said that was like next level shit because you know we you can you can tell yeah. a story. Wrestling should always just be about things intersecting yeah. and spinning off, man. That's that's what it is, you know. I love hearing the crowd reactions, like when certain guys get thrown out. Yeah, because the at inspired like everybody generally has a connection with the crowd on some aspect. Yeah, and then when the battle royals happen, we all mesh together. Like when Fuego got uh, eliminated, that oh, and then um. Kiefer got eliminated. Then the crowd's like, "Yeah!" That whole reaction just to damn it. Tell, tell Al- I'm sorry. <laughs> tell Alex Grassy to fucking accept my goddamn friend request. I'll oh. talk to her. <laughs> you want me yeah. to start throwing some names at you? Uh, sure. Let's do it. Uh, how about but as far as uh me working in a match with them or in general? No, general? just throw some okay. more names at me. Okay. Um, who do you think? Let's okay, go. Here's a better. Here's a better question. Who do you think should be on my radar? next year who I'm surprised isn't at Inspired Max Cassianos yeah yeah he's I mean I, 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 know, I know who he is and, mm-hmm. and I've seen him so what are your I've got, I've got nothing to say nothing oh nothing to say I mean <laughs> I think I think I need to do more homework mm-hmm. sometimes it's about who you're going to fit and where and what you're going to do with them okay do you know what I mean yeah I know like you can bring in all the best guys ever on the planet, but it's like, well, where, where do you put them? What do you do mm. with them? What's the story, you know? Yeah. He's a guy that I've noticed, and he's an amazing look, and uh, his matches are great, but there's got to be, I don't know. There's also just, I mean, like, I hear uh, a lot of really good stuff about Maleko, mm-hmm. you know? Like, but where does he fit in, and is he right for the city? Is he yeah. right for a crowd? You know what I mean? So it's it's never a matter of like me not liking somebody. It's a matter of opportunity being correct or timing being correct. You know, timing timing is important in all aspects of wrestling. Even when you're bringing guys in, you can bring somebody right. in and really stack your fucking roster out, but then yeah. you wind, wind up having to trim fat off, and it's not even fat. It's, yeah. it's like some you know you extra show, stuff. Yeah, yeah. You show you 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 yourself have been on numerous cards where you show up, and some of the best guys on the card get cut. Mm-hmm. Just gotta. I don't. I don't like making mistakes like that. I don't think it makes a good impression. What about the uh, Latin nurse, Chris Cruz? Love him. Love him. Love him. Oh. He's been in the company. I know he did the uh, the battle royal with us. But... I love his attitude, man. Mm-hmm. He just seems like a really nice, sweet guy. Yeah. Like I, he's like somebody like when I saw him, he just like his. He made me happy just seeing him, and he seemed to be happy to be there. Mm-hmm. So many guys 
and play it too fucking cool. And that guy is just, he just seemed like he was jazzed. I mean, that's a, that's a guy, that's a guy that I definitely want back. I love him. Okay, what about uh, Don Rodrigo? What are his uh, chances on getting back on your radar? He's always been on my radar. Sure. He's just never reached out. Okay. Hit, hit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, he kind of rubbed some people the wrong way in town uh, when he was here at APW. Like when he yeah. he had that, god damn. They need to get rid of that stupid uh, beat down kind of. The gauntlet? Right, the gauntlet needs to go. It's changed. Um, we did a few gauntlets. Um, yeah. A while ago, it's um. He had he had kind of a bad uh, he had kind of a bad situation occur during his gauntlet, and I feel like a lot of times. I mean, I understand the idea of having a proving ground, but I think I think that you know what what occurred during his was was unfair mm-hmm. to him, and and it it I think it kind of soured him on things yeah. a little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can talk to him about oh. that personally, but anyway, I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> okay, then let's see who else is out there. Oh, speaking of, yeah, speaking of guys with the um, the Latin heartthrob gimmick, Tino Valentino. Um, need to need to see more. See more. Right. Yeah. Um, haven't seen none of the the promos with the the ooh catchphrase. Eh, uh, you know. I've seen a little bit of it. No disrespect. Mm. Okay, here's like, You know what, man? I need more people that will just fit into a gimmick. That's mm. what I really want. I love creating characters. I wish I got to do that more. Mm. And so few people... So many people are like, I gotta protect my brand like they're a fucking can of Coke or something. You know, it's like... I, that's great. But, like, sometimes mm. I want to do something really fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean... That works. It stands out. It does. It does. Some, it's it's fun to do different characters. I, I wish there were more guys that I could just stick in a fucking mask and do crazy stuff with. You know? I don't know. I think I, would I be able to work in a mask? I don't think so. I've done one match in a mask, and it was painfully obvious it was me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you'd have to, they'd have to dress you up like a fucking geek in fucking Pulp Fiction and like, cover all y'all up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just, yeah, T-Ray is T-Ray, you know? <laughs> Um, all right, let's see. Who yeah, I'm sure you were also screaming "best kept secret" through the fucking nah, mask. I've never said it in um during the match. You should. <laughs> <laughs> Best kept secret. Any uh any gimmick I come up with, I, I rarely use it in a promo or in a, just saying it out loud. Um, that's one of the weird things about me. I don't follow the the gimmick. Um, you have to have this gimmick everywhere yeah. you go. Um, I try to bring something different to every company, and then see what works and doesn't work and what works with this crowd doesn't work with this crowd. That's a good opportunity to get out there and actually try new things. Yeah. But anyway, well, thank you for joining me today. It was a good talk. Hopefully we can squeeze something out of this piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. Anyway, well, thanks thanks for joining us and, you know, I hope hope once we get off the ground, you know, we make magic together again because I think we've made some really great moments together. I know. I want to be the next person that you detest and hate. I want to be that next one. Do I really have that many people that I detest and hate? You know, let me ask you. You know what? Here's here's a good question. I'm gonna ask you one last question. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You can surprise me here. Do you know anybody that hates me? Um, other than what Ricky said, his piece about you, about how you guys, how when you first started, that didn't lace up the pair of boots type of deal. Yeah. So you. They're the only ones I really know. I know JoJo loves the hell out of you. Um, Palmer does. He's really highly of you. 
um, nobody that I know personally doesn't like not like me no. or not like working with you. No. Maybe I need to stop eating bacon. Anyway, man, thanks, thanks for uh, thanks for joining me, and uh, I'm gonna let you get back on the road, dude. Oh yes, please send me back to my crying baby that won't sleep. And... This was a good break. Well, thanks, man. And uh, we'll see you down the road. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.